Now in its third year, it's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels talking about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Sit back and enjoy, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 202 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio. Thanks for checking out the episode. I'm going to be sitting down with uh, one of my favorite guests, uh, somebody who has been a great friend of the podcast since the outset and somebody who I have truly enjoyed uh, following his work as he continues down the path of the career that he seems to be uh, working uh, towards and just very impressed by the efforts of this young man and the dedication to his craft. Now, don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to uh, get your local footy club having a shout out on an upcoming episode, drop me a note at my socials and you can find all of my socials linked on my website, yankonthefooty.com. I do hope you'll head on over there and I do hope you'll consider checking out the uh, message from episode 186. We're doing that little project with my mom for her birthday, which is coming up in about uh, seven or eight weeks. So if you want to get on board with that, uh, check out the last half of episode 186. We're trying to get uh, birthday cards together for her. Uh, we're somebody you know, will show uh, a little document or a little note or something that talks about something that makes them happy. Maybe a postcard or something along those lines. The mailing address is in the show notes. Now today's club of the episode is the Crib Point Magpies of the Mornington Peninsula Nepean Football League. And the club was founded back in 1933. They were around for a couple of years, struggled, uh, came back into the comp in 1949. And they play their home games at the Crib Point Recreation Reserve. And as I'm reading through some of the information about this club, some really uh, fun stuff, maybe not fun, but interesting things anyway. Uh, back in August, and I'm providing a link to the, the article about this uh, in the show notes, their off-kick team was targeted by one of their namesake, the Magpies. And a Magpie was swooping in and uh, going after uh, several players during an off-kick game. And a really interesting story. And Crib Point is located on the Mornington Peninsula, which is southeast of the Melbourne uh, CBD. And on the 20th this, this month, they're actually going to be sitting down and holding a discussion on whether or not to reintroduce one of their jumper designs. And this week's Club of the Episode was brought, by, brought to you by MickAussie.tv. And Mick, thanks so much for that. And folks, remember, if you head over to my website, you can find everything related to the podcast uh, it's a yankonthefooty.com. If you love the podcast, and I hope you do, you'll consider leaving me a review over there because it really, really does help the show if you uh, let people know what you think of it. Uh, if you want to help out the show, uh, you can click on the Buy Me a Coffee page as well and help out that way or pick up a sticker or a T-shirt or something like that on my Redbubble page. And if you got the idea for a guest, please drop me a note because I'm always looking for great guests. And now that the men's comp is winding down, yes, I'm going to be talking about the women's comp, uh, which I feel like I've done a short shrift on right now because of the time constraints that I have. But I will be talking about the, the women's comp quite a bit uh, going forward. But I'm always looking for great guests to talk with. And uh, if you've got an idea for one, please drop me a note. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am thrilled to welcome back an absolute friend of the podcast. Uh, he has hosted... The Where Do We Begin podcast, doing a fantastic job uh, also telling the stories of uh, Australia's representatives in the recent Olympic Games. And he started a recent podcast, a new podcast, just about three episodes ago called The Footy Dictionary. And I've listened to the first episode, and, and it's uh, it's on par with everything he's, he's done. So what I'm trying to say is if you're not listening to his show, 
you better start checking it out because they do a great job. I'm thrilled to welcome Harper Passenger back to the show. Harper, so glad to see you, man. So glad to talk to you. Oh, so glad to talk to you, Craig. Um, thanks very much for having me on again. We're about oh, a bit over 12 hours after uh, the second preliminary final, and a wise, wise man once said that happiness is seeing Carlton and Collingwood both have one-point losses end their seasons. That that was it was beautiful. Now, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, that was your partner on this new podcast, was it not? I think I heard him say something like, or, or maybe he's the Carlton supporter. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah he's a Carlton supporter. Hamish. Hamish. Yeah, Hamish. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Which, yep. yeah, because you know he, because you guys were talking about in that ep- that first episode about you know second clubs and how you know he's Fremantle I think is his second club that he that he likes and such. So, um, yeah, I guess if if you know with the cluster of clubs all in Melbourne, you do have those those uh, organizations that you don't mind uh, seeing the 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 supporters of the other of that club feeling a little down about themselves after after you know the final game of the season ends you know and uh, you know <sighs> Collingwood got rid of Carlton and Collingwood's gone now too exactly and look I, I don't want to alienate all your Carlton and Collingwood listeners they've probably already tuned out after hearing what I just said but <laughs> that <laughs> the, Car- the Carlton the way they just completely fell apart in the second half and specifically the last two weeks, well, last mm-hmm. month even, of the season was the funniest thing <laughs> that I've ever seen. Yeah, it's... <laughs> oh. <laughs> and, you know, and I, 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 I just wonder if, if, they, if they were, you know, they, I know that people have been talking about their rebuild that's been going on for so long, and they, and they, got, to, they got on the cusp. They were very close to... Um, to make in the finals, and I and I, I just I just think that they were, you know, they they needed just a little bit more to get themselves there. Um, one point more. And, well, yes, okay, yeah, one point more. But I think just you know, in the overall grand scheme of things, I think they could have used just a little bit more help uh, up forward. You know, Mackay could have used just a hair bit hair more help. And uh, I mean, you know, Char- I Charlie they, Kerno won the Coleman, didn't? Yeah, he? yeah, that's true. <laughs> But it's it's a good point, yeah. And I, I'm I'm he has. Do they do a comeback player of the year award in in the AFL? Something uh, like that, not like somebody. Really, I, I don't okay. think so. No. Because yeah, because if they did, it absolutely should be going to him. Absolutely. So, yeah, I and I I was thinking of of Mackay having missed a couple games this year, not and Kernow, and I just I had them backwards there. So you know, there were a couple games where Kernow just didn't didn't have maybe enough help up forward there that. They could have used it for you know well one more game or one more point here or there, but I, I think that the mm. I think that the the Blues are are close. I mean I I won't be shocked if they make finals next year. And I and I've said this with uh, Mick when I've spoken to him online. I mean my I think Gold Coast makes the leap into the eight next year. I really wow. do. Okay. I think I think they're I think they're ready to to make that leap. Uh, you know if uh, King comes back healthy, I just think that. Uh, at the side that's ready to make that step, and I'll probably be flat out wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, if I can just ask you a question: Gold Coast come in, Carlton maybe come in. Who who goes out for you? Very early prediction. Well, you know, I don't know. There's a rumor they're going to expand to ten teams, and then I'd be right. <laughs> no, I'm. <kidding. laughs> um, you know, that's a that's a good question. I. Uh, 
I, I don't know if I'm ready to answer that one yet. Um, <laughs> okay, fair enough. I'd, I'd have fair to think enough. about Wait. that one. I, 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 you know, well, with the way, with the way that, that players are leaving Fremantle, they may be one. Because, you know, you've got a lot of players who are, are hoping to leave Fremantle, although I guess they've told Rory Lobb, sorry, you're not going. Uh, you know, we like we like the uh, James Bond henchman uh, hair dye job that you've done now, so you go ahead and stick around for a little while longer. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I think, yeah, um, if I asked myself that question as well, I, I probably couldn't answer it for the same reasons you. It's, it's way too early. Um, yeah. And I mean, so often I mean, just complete you, shocks happened like, no one yeah. expected Essendon to be bit, bit, this bad this season. No, that's true. And you or know, and uh, or Collingwood to be this good. Mm, quite frankly, yeah. I mean, you, you you have to tip your cap to Collingwood from going from seventeenth to fourth with a new coach. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't you can't do nothing but say outstanding job on their part, and you know, and they did it without one of the better rucks in the game. Also, mm. their highest paid player well, did not play pretty much the entire season. Almost every season you get one team being unexpectedly good and another team being unexpectedly bad. And absolutely yeah. no one can predict it. And But, yeah, that's just how it goes. So, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe your your mob will be back in the eight next year as well. But first, they, have to, they, have, to, they have to find a coach first. So do. Why, don't we, why don't we talk a little bit about... Uh, the bombers here before we uh, we dive into some other things because uh, you know I, and like I said I do want to talk about your new show and how that that came to fruition but let's let's talk about Essendon and you know they they finished seven and fifteen which I don't think you expected I know I didn't expect that um, what happened this year looking back at it now and looking at the entirety of the season what went wrong. Well, I think it's easy for people to follow the kind of narrative that the media creates and they create inside their own head of like the arc upwards just being going directly up and then you come down and but um it's it, it kind of there's ebbs and flows and uh it's very rare that a path upwards is straight up but mm-hmm. having said that um it it is still very very Disappointing. It just um, didn't seem... Well, <laughs> I think the most obvious thing that any Essen fan has noticed for the 23 weeks of the season is <laughs> defending defending transition, or defending at all, but especially defending transition, is something that Essendon just could not do. Um, and like you just see time and time again, we'd go inside 50, not score from it, and then... It's like when Collingwood kicked the goal against us to win the game, Jamie Elliott. They went from back 50 to Jamie mm-hmm. Elliott taking the mark within about 20 seconds. And that's pretty right, much right. the story of our season. Yeah, that, that's a great... That is a nice... Well, that is a, that is a an apt microcosm. I don't want to say a nice microcosm, but that's a very, that's a very good way to describe how the season went. Um, so let me, let me ask you this as a follow-up then. You know, you... Uh, should Ben Rutten have been able to keep his job for another year to see if he could right the ship? Or did they yeah, make the look, right choice? There are lots of strong opinions going around on this, both mm-hmm. ways. But I've, I find it really hard to have a strong opinion. 
like personally, I I think I wouldn't have been angry if he stayed. I I didn't expect him to leave. I was pretty shocked when right. it first came out that, um, well, first it got misreported that he was sacked, and then he actually got sacked, um, because he was always going to be a kind of coach who takes a while to hone his craft and develop his skills and um, foster a good like team mentality. And yes, this season was very very bad, um, but. Like last season was probably over overachieved for the where our list was at and our experience, and this season we underachieved and um, somewhere in the middle, maybe like ninth, tenth place, eleventh on about ten wins. Maybe that's where we deserve to be this season. Okay. Um, but uh, on the flip side of that, um, yeah, it would have been. His position was pretty much untenable after <laughs> that that week after the Port Adelaide game when it came out that he was sacked, but he actually wasn't. Um, right, right. Yeah, like he couldn't stay on after that because the media would just be having an absolute feast on him, dining out well, if it started badly next season. Well, and, and, and the coach. fact that, that you know the, the the entire you know the the board of you know the club. Just it seemed like they were just sharpening their 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 claws, ready to to go. Some of them were ready to sharpen their claws to go after him. And you know, some sound like some people did want him to stay, and just mm-hmm. it, it, there was all that upheaval there. And and I, you know, I the thing that I think that happened, and it and it was and it was you know it was very sad that it occurred, but I think that it really threw the club for a, a loop because they were. Not that they were reliant on him, but he was such a spark plug for the club. I, I think that you know the the fact that they they went into the year, you know, hoping that maybe you know Anthony McDonald, Tip, and Woody was going to be able to come back and contribute this year, and then he stepped away from the club. Which you know, again, I don't begrudge him doing that at all. But you know, having somebody that played that style of game that that could just excite his teammates, excite the fans in the stands. That's hard to replace once the season is going on, and I and I just mm-hmm. I mean you know, he was somebody you know, for me anyway. He was the reason to you know, and there are others, but he was the main reason to watch Essendon because what is he going to do this week? Yeah, absolutely. But uh, he was definitely uh, on the decline um, at the when he was playing the tail end right. of his career, like last season, twenty twenty one. He got dropped from the side. Uh, and he, like he didn't play our final because he just wasn't performing well enough. And mm-hmm. as we all know, this is how the story ended. He never played again. Um, yeah. And uh, people like oh, I could see like I'm not trying to be cockery or brag or anything here, but I, I could see that coming because um, there were reports of like issues with his um, mindset and his mental health and not quite having the love for the game that he did and not quite being able to dedicate to himself dedicate himself to um, performing as well as he should and training in the proper way right right so you know you you, you didn't have a commitment one way or the other about Ben Rutten you would have been okay that he come back you're okay that he's not back but now since the decision's been made that he's not going to be well he's not there because he's got a new job with Richmond or I guess you could say he has an old job with Richmond he's back with the Tigers again <laughs> uh, yeah who should be the next senior coach of uh, 
of the Bombers, and have, have you applied for the job yet? Because it doesn't sound like they've, <laughs> they've gotten anywhere close to making a decision yet. Well, I have received an offer from uh, the, the board, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> look, I'm a busy man. I'm a busy man. Uh, uh, <laughs> I haven't got quite got the time for that at the moment. But um, if I can just add one thing before I talk about prospective no, go ahead. Go coaches, ahead. I think um, something that gets missed, um, made with people who um, aren't big Essendon fans, don't look too much into it, just kind of scratch the surface level, is that... Well, like all boards, Essence board was and is very factional, right? So mm-hmm. um, when Rutten, well, before the whole boardroom explosion happened, you had the Rutten pro-Rutten camp and the anti-Rutten camp. The, the old president and the old CEO, who are both gone now, they were very, very pro-Rutten. The new president, obviously, anti-Rutten. That's why he got rid of the coach. Right. Um, but uh, the new president, would have been absolutely thinking of uh, staging a coup, um, toppling the old president, Paul Brusher, earlier in the season when we were performing badly. But then, all of a sudden, in the middle of the year, we suddenly got really good. We we beat uh, Brisbane, we beat Sydney, we nearly beat Collingwood, um, maybe missing a couple there, but we, we were really a force to be reckoned with, a scary prospect for every team. But, um, and you can't really stage a coup when the team's performing well, right? Um, yeah. And because the uh, the board who was in power at that time, uh, while well, the president who was in power was pro-Rutten, Rutten was, wasn't going to get sacked. And um, hence, uh, that's why we didn't go for Clyco earlier, because the old board was pro-Rutten. And we only, the board coup only happened when we had that big loss to Port Adelaide and the week before a loss to GWS when mm-hmm. shit really started to hit the fan for really Billy. Yeah. Yeah, and that was it was a huge loss to uh Port Adelaide there. And that's the and that and quite frankly, that's the one that, that you know might have saved Ken Hinckley's job. Uh so you can look at it on the on the yeah. on the flip side there <laughs> Funny, that you know, 'cause yeah. 'cause there was just you know, I guess, you know, he still had a year on his contract, which which didn't Rutten also still have a year on his contract also? I think uh, he yeah, so, uh, yeah, he still uh, had at least one. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think one. Yeah. So yeah, it's. Uh, so you know, there have been several people who have been interviewed, and uh, you know, a couple of names I'm familiar with. Uh, you know, Brendan Laid, uh, Dean Solomon, Adam Eze has been interviewed, and then the former coach James Hurd has also yeah. been interviewed and seems to be very interested in the position, but. Again, those camps that we're forming in terms of let's keep rut and let's get rid of rut, it sounds like there are new camps that are forming, possibly mixing some of the lines of defense there. Uh, you know, might have gone into battle with the pro rutten or into the battle with the anti rutten, but now the herd's name is in there going, I can't fight alongside you anymore. I have to go over to that side. So, what the hell's going to happen here? Oh, it's, it's so hard to know. We, we might even know. I don't know when this is coming out, but I suspect that we'll get an answer in grand final week um, of, as to who's going to be the new Essendon coach. But mm-hmm. for me for me personally, uh, well, I think the consensus is that it's between Uze and Hurd. They're the two uh, front runners, the, the two favourites, I guess. I don't, I don't know if the board thinks that, but that's right. um, what the kind of consensus is in the general public. Um, personally, 
Like I, I don't know anything about what Uze is like as a coach. Well, I hear he's very good, but I've got no experience in that. Uh, I don't know what like, Uze is like as a coach. I don't know what um, Laid is like as a coach, and I don't really know what Solomon's like as a coach. But I know what Hurd is like as a coach, and uh-huh. uh, the way he kind of united the club's fans and uh, everyone, and kind of fostered this. Uh, well, not by his own design, really, but he was the face of the club when it was us against the world. Like, mm-hmm. it was just a siege against Essendon. Um, and I think that's what the club needs right now. I, I think almost everyone's Essendon fans have been saying, oh, yeah, I don't think Hurd's the best man for the job, but if he comes in, it'll be hard not to, like, be really, really up for it Excited. because he is this golden boy and um, people have been saying he has an average record uh, It, yeah they're not wrong uh, I think his win-loss <laughs> ledger is just about uh, even but yeah I think it is of yeah. course the big factor in that is that his almost his entire reign over the club was marred by the infamous saga right the, yeah and the scandal yes. the one season uh, the one season pre-saga that he had in charge of Essendon, he took us from, I think it might have been 13th, to the finals. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, we got smashed in the first week of finals like we always do, but still, like, you, it's you quite there. an achievement, I think. We got there. Yeah. yeah. And then, so he had four seasons. And then, so 2012 was the um, season where the supplements program was in place. And we started that season really well. I think we were like 9-2 and two or 9-0 and oh even. Um and then we got a whole lot of injuries, soft tissue injuries. Might have had something to do with what we were taking, but who knows? Uh, then that just completely fell off that season. 2013, we made the top eight but got kicked out um, because for obvious reasons. Uh, then 2015 was his last season. He was suspended for 2014. 2015 was his last season, and that was just... <laughs> he, he couldn't really handle the media scrutiny and... It's just everything was all over the place. So in in a way, in a way, you know, it it sounds like you you you're you're making uh, I think what might be a valid argument to saying that you know what he never really got a a fair opportunity to be the senior coach of a of a can I use the word clean club? Can I use that phrase there? that he didn't get the opportunity to you to, to coach a, a, a be the senior coach of a club that did not come in you know without any of this other stuff going on to where he had a clean slate at all to do that so so may, maybe that maybe that uh, might be the thing that that pushes the you know the 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 odds in his favor possibly yeah, well, the, all the players who worked under him, or all the ones that I've heard speak about it, uh-huh. have said that uh, he was just an incredible man-manager, um, incredible people person. Um, and because he was so inexperienced when he was a coach, he didn't quite maybe have the tactical nous, um required. And mm-hmm. obviously he put, he put his trust into some people uh, that he maybe shouldn't have put his trust in. Uh, and that <laughs> just derailed everything, and Essendon hasn't been the same since. Um, but look, if yeah, 
as I said before, if Heard becomes coach, there will not be a more exciting time to be an Essendon fan. It's like, imagine what it will be like if Essendon's like nine and two again mm-hmm. as with Heard as coach next season. Like, oh, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying Heard's right, going to be right. coach. That's but a, yeah, that, excitement I mean, that, around the club will be in an all-time high. Well, you know, it would be it'd be very similar to what uh, what um, the aforementioned Blues supporters were, were feeling earlier in this year before they fell by the wayside by a single point. Um, but it, even more again, so with... It, <laughs> mate, you can never... Don't ever stop looking that up. It's <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. But um, it will be even, even more so with Essendon because um, everyone will be piling on against Essendon if Heard becomes coach. And if he proves everyone wrong... That's just going to be the ultimate feeling that the Blues maybe didn't quite have with mm-hmm. Michael Voss as the coach because Michael yeah. Voss isn't really a Carlton man. Right, right. So what you, did you hear the comments that Zach Merritt made the other day? Well, uh, yeah, I, I did. But that, but it's... Um, I, there weren't any actual quotes. It was He was taken very much out of context, okay. I, I believe. Yeah, because I've got an article yeah. booked up, pulled up here that's that's talking about it. Uh, that that you know, that supposedly he was you know he's quoted as you know he's yeah it, he's saying that he was taken out of context, uh, uh, and he's since texted uh, James Hurd to try to clear the air. Um, you know that he wasn't sure that you know that that he would be the right man to lead the club going forward. But again, that's uh, um, you know it's uh, it remains to be seen. You know whether or not that's actually what he said, you know, but it's, uh, I mean, that's, that's a pretty big name for, I mean, if, if it is, and again, I'm not saying that it is, but if that is actually what happened, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty big name on that side. That's, you know, not given a big vote of confidence to the, to the prospective senior coach, which, you know, but maybe he's, maybe he's smoothed things out. Maybe it was completely taken out of context. I, I've, you know, I probably should, you know, because I know, well, I've interviewed somebody who was there. I, and I looked at the images, oh, you know, okay. Narrowly, Narrowly Meadows was, was at this forum when it was happening. Maybe I could reach out to her and, and ask her uh, about what actually transpired there. Maybe I could get a scoop on that. Um, first first of all, <laughs> I'm, I'm, glad exclusive. To, I'm, I'm glad to see her involved with something footy related because, you know, I think the game is, you know, I love what she's doing with cricket. But the game has certainly missed her not being involved with it over the last couple of years. Mm, absolutely. She, she's yeah, a gem. So, yeah, I really like her. But, um, so, yeah, you, you don't know about the other the other three guys there. One of the well, other things... I, pe- I've heard good things about Uze. Uh, yeah, everyone has good I, things I have to say too. about Uze. Mm. Um, and Dean, Dean Solomon, uh, well, look, very, very small sample size, but I believe, I think it was when Rodney Ede got sacked as Gold Coast coach. Dean Solomon was head coach of Gold Coast for, for one game <laughs> against Essendon. And uh, he, uh, I think I think they might have beaten us, but I'm not sure. But anyway, that's you can't really judge off that. But he's no, an Essendon man as well, which... I wouldn't think so. Uh, I don't know what that changes, but Dean Solomon's an Essendon man. So the last thing about Essendon, you know, because we still have to wait to see what's going to happen in terms of player movement and that sort of thing. But, but again, they almost need to get a senior coach in place so they can start 
trying to make the additions they need to make to their list. Because, you know, whoever the senior coach is might have an influence on, you know, people saying, yes, I want to go to the Bombers. Or they may look at that and go, wow, that is such a train wreck there. I don't think I want to, I don't, you know, I don't want to go down the sash, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, interviews took place midweek this mm-hmm. week, right? Right, um, right. So you would have thought it's very close to making a decision. Um and like I said before, I suspect that it's going to happen this week. Or yeah, which this and this, this will be coming. Yeah, this will this will be coming out uh, probably in the next day or two, actually. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Um. So maybe it's even happened by then. Maybe it's going to happen on Monday morning. Um. But uh, yeah, the trade period. When's that start? A couple of weeks after. Um. A couple of weeks the after final. the grand final, yeah. something like that. Um. Mm-hmm. And no doubt, whoever the coach is, whoever the new coach is, will hop on a Zoom call with all the players who are overseas, sunning it up in Barcelona or wherever they are, um, talk to them about uh, like the plans for the season and he'll, he'll try to sort out how he wants the team to play very early and then uh, base some recruitment off that, even though, as we all know, the coach isn't fully in charge of the recruitment. There's Essendon's got a very famous list manager uh, who has got a big unless, say on that. Unless it's North Melbourne. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think he might have a little more say-so than some of the others, possibly. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I yeah. suspect so. <laughs> so, last thing about Essendon before we move on, and you know, I've heard people talking about this, and he, he just seems like an absolutely decent fellow, but do you think the club's going to have a new captain next year? Oh, tough question. Um, yeah, well, it would it would have to be Zach Merritt, wouldn't it? If if Heppel isn't the captain, and it could be a it could be a co-captain situation. Uh, maybe that maybe that would be good because okay, um, Zach Merritt still obviously I'm not on the inside, but he still feels a little bit inexperienced as a leader, maybe like. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe he could do with a little um, seasoning guidance from Heppel. Um, that's true. That's a good and, point. That's a good point. Uh, yeah, it's it's very hard to tell. Um, uh, Heppel's style of leadership, I think, when we're doing badly, yeah, it doesn't look good. Um, mm-hmm. But maybe maybe when we're doing well, that it looks a lot better because uh, he, he's very positive guy. He's not gonna get in people's faces and uh, yeah, have spit flying out of his mouth or anything. Uh, but uh, I think Essendon's approach to leadership and the, the powerful figures at the club ever since um, the saga, because perhaps they were, well, obviously they were quite scarred by that, have been, I don't, I don't really like using this word, but um, a bit soft, people might say. Um, like, Ben, makes, ben Rutten. I, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, ben Rutten wasn't an uh, <laughs> aggressive guy. He was very, very mild man. He'd always tried to be positive. John Warsfold, very similar, always talked about taking learnings out of whatever game. Didn't uh, <laughs> ne- never publicly gave anyone a big telling off. Dyson Heppel, very similar. Um, so, yeah, ma- maybe... Uh, Essendon needs to kick up the ass from a big, powerful new leader. But within the club at the moment, within well, the, within the playing list at the moment, I can't see who, can't that, see is. who that would be. And, 
Okay. Maybe that, maybe that's the modern way of doing things. Maybe that's maybe people have worked out that that's the best way to do things. I don't know, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. That could be. That could be. So I want to talk about your new venture that you're involved in. Uh, you've you've transitioned from the uh, the previous podcast, the Where Do We Begin podcast, and you've done you know the the, the different Olympic episodes as well, which you know we're and I and again. I'm not an Australian, so that you know, I was not the target audience. But I did listen to several of them, and just you know, I love your interview style. Like you just you are you're genuinely interested in the people that you're talking with. But you know, first of all, where did the idea for this new show? Because I thought you were going to be doing a an actual like a soccer show. I thought you had been banding that idea about, but now you're back with the the footy dictionary. How did that come about? And and who is Hamish? <laughs> well, uh, soccer show uh, and it's happening as well. Uh, oh, okay, okay. But um, and where where do we begin? Is going to get a few few episodes in the future. It's not completely dead in the water. But uh, who is Hamish? There's actually a podcast called Who the Hell Is Hamish. So I'll answer that question for you. <laughs> I'll answer that question for you, Craig. I'm assuming um, it's a different. Is it a different one, or is it the same one we're talking about? <laughs> it's a true crime podcast. Maybe about uh, someone getting murdered or something. I reckon. Oh, okay. Uh, but Hamish is very much alive, and he's very much co-hosting the podcast with me. Um, he's he's a uni mate of mine. Um, okay. Who I met through uh, journalism. Uh, at <laughs> RMIT, uh, if anyone cares. But uh, the, the podcast. Uh, so, like you said, uh, it's called The Footy Dictionary. And we really wanted to kind of fill a bit of a hole in the media world to talk about the, lang- the language of footy. Because there are mm-hmm. so many phrases, so many cliches, so many idioms that are bandied about in footy. And people kind of assume what they mean. But then you ask them what they mean. They can't quite define it. Everyone just kind of, um, like, yeah, assume, assumes what commentators mean or journalists mean or whatever. And sometimes commentators or journalists will misuse these cliches and it sounds very oh, jarring. So yes, we try yes. to really dig in to um, the, the language of football and all the very footy-specific phrases. Like, for example, I think it was in our first episode, um, we... In an article, someone said must, that must uh, a game. final was must win. <laughs> yes, yeah, a must win so game. Well, it, we and it was, a, it was an elimination final. Yeah, it, yeah. It, an elimination final is a must win because if you don't and win, got said, you're going on vacation. Yeah. It, it got said for, uh, I think, Melbourne Brisbane as well. It, it was a must win game. Uh, that's absolutely not on. <laughs> I'm, right. I'm not having that. A final cannot be must win. Yeah. And we get very passionate, uh, a little bit tongue in cheek, right, right. possibly. Um, on the show. No, I, I laughed. I mean, I, like I said, I've listened to the first episode. I laughed at quite a bit of it. Uh, you know, would, would, would a, in that case, you know, with the elimination final, would, would the correct uh, vernacular be cutthroat final? Yeah, cut, cutthroat. I'll accept that. Do or die as well. That, that okay. gets thrown around a okay. fair bit. Do or die. Yeah. yeah. Because if, you know, because if you're, if you're playing a qualifying final, you're, it's Okay. You died, but it's it's like a video game. Hey, you put another coin in. Guess what? You're back to life again. You yeah. get to play next week. I mean, look at the Magpies. Yeah. They just, you know, they got, you know, they, they lost by a goal and then they came back and got to play again and, and almost found their way back, you know, you know, home again to, to you know, meet out their revenge against the Cats. Yeah. Well, clearly the Pies just can't. Can't do it in close games, can't they? Just not, not good I, enough. I believe I, I believe I heard that mentioned. Uh, yes, in your yeah, but you know I, I. They were. They were an awfully fun 
team to watch. I mean, they're a fun team to watch anyway. I mean, I, I you know, I'm, I'm a I'm a huge fan of Brody Majacek, and I, I know he's not necessarily the, you know, the player that people think of first with the with the pies, but he, I mean, he's the kind of player I would love to have on my side because he he's not outstanding at any one thing, but he does everything pretty darn well. You didn't know, do, just, do much against Sydney, though, I, I think. Well, um, that's... He's a bit quiet, yeah. but, yeah, he, he's a very handy player to have on the team or always plays his role, to use a bit of a yes, that's a good cliche. That's a, maybe that one could go into a future episode, somebody playing their role. For sure. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I should just add, by the way, uh, we took a lot of inspiration for the podcast from a soccer podcast called Football Clichés. It's a very, very similar concept. So <laughs> I don't want to be accused of plagiarism or anything. So I'll just say uh, big shout out to Football Clichés. Listen to that if you're into soccer. Well, I mean, I that's, uh, I, I had somebody on uh, just recently who uh, does a show called The Regional 250 um, and uh, where he's interviewing people in like 250 small towns mm. in communities throughout australia to kind of you know yeah i've heard about this yeah and it's 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 a fascinating you know way to learn about the the you know the the country and i and it and it kind of gave me an idea for a new podcast uh that i would love to do but i you know i don't have the 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 time or you know to fit into my schedule to do it right now but it it, i just had a, a kind of a little bit of a tweak on it and i mentioned it to him um and he thought that was kind of a good way to do it. I'll, I'll, I'll mention it to him off air. I'll mention it to you off air as well because I, somebody might borrow the idea from me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and I may actually want to do it still. So, um, yep. you know, we're, we're talking six days out from the grand final. And we mm-hmm. now know who's participating and who's not. And uh, the Cats, who I, I'll be honest, I'm a Cat supporter, but I did not see them playing in the grand final this year. I think, I, I think at the beginning of the year I tipped them to finish sixth on the ladder because I thought I thought they were going to start a little bit of a slide and uh, well they end up finishing at the top ladder and I, and I'm I was shocked by that I'm, I'm excited and thrilled about it but I was still shocked by it and Sydney finishing you know top top four as well <clears throat> but let me ask you was this one of the better final series overall that you can recall in recent years because there were so many great games in this in this finals yeah, um, well, the first week, everyone was saying that's the, the one of the best weeks of finals ever. Uh, mm-hmm. I think there was another one in 94, which people were comparing it to. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, I hate to admit this, but I missed virtually all of the first week. I was away on a camping trip, and usually I set aside the whole month of September just to uh-huh. sit down on the couch on the weekends or go to the G to watch all the games. But this year was an exception. I was away for pretty much the whole first week, so I missed all these amazing games. Of course, I watched the replays, I watched the highlights. Um, right, right. But, uh, yeah, it's been incredible, hasn't it? The Geelong-Brisbane yeah. was a bit of a fizzer. And, yeah, uh, that, was, that, was probably biggest, yeah, that was probably the biggest yeah. clunker. Yeah, and that and the, yeah. the Fremont um, game the week before. Yeah, I mean, even, even Melbourne-Brisbane, um, that... Uh, I don't know what the margin was in the end. 20, 20 points, maybe maybe twenty two. Something like that, yeah. Um, I th- yeah, I think twenty actually. Um, so that may not look like the closest game ever um, when you look at the margin. I think it was a similar right. margin to the Collingwood Frio game actually. But if you look at the way those two matches panned out, um, they're just poles apart, aren't they? Because Melbourne Brisbane was just this incredible 
game of momentum swings where Melbourne were just completely on top for almost the entire first half. It looked like they could have won by 10 goals plus. Um, but then Brisbane, did they kick a goal on the, the halftime siren or something? Or um, they showed so. a little bit late in the second quarter, uh, if uh, memory serves. And then Yikes. in the second half, they were just ran, ran right, really. The Lions were just let out of their cage and just attacking, attacking, attacking. And Melbourne couldn't stop it. They, they, they looked a bit... Um, Melbourne didn't quite look as uh, up for it, did right, they? Right, right, yes. Yeah. You know, I Brisbane. And I actually... And I, I tipped... I tipped Brisbane to win that game. And then I found out that... And then you know, I read that, you know, Joe Danaher was heading home you because know, his, ch- you know, his first child was being born. And I thought, well, I got that one wrong. So <laughs> I figured it was going to be... You know, it's, it's a Cats D's final then. I said, I got that one wrong. It turned out I ended up being right on it. But it, it was... Uh, you know, Darcy Fort, I did a great job in the ruck uh, for them, you know, well, going up against, think, you know, Jackson and gone. Yeah, I think Danaher's almost... Well, in the finals that he played, at least, almost um, took away from the good components of Brisbane's forward structure. Almost, well, I think they were definitely too tall against Geelong. Danaher maybe kicked one goal, but he was just invisible, like pretty much every player on the ground for Brisbane. Yeah. And in the first final, um, like I said, uh, didn't watch it in full, but uh, I believe he, he kicked that goal at the end, obviously, to win the game. But other than that didn't do a whole lot like like most uh, players who have played for Essendon in the last 20 years not great in finals Joe Danaher <laughs> well so you you're saying that maybe you weren't you weren't too heartbroken to see him maybe struggle in the finals since he decided to to leave or maybe you were happy that he was gone yeah look I, I wasn't shedding too many tears about Joe Danaher being knocked out of finals so I'll, I'll just say that yeah well, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. So, <laughs> looking at the grand final, you know, the Swans yes. coming to the the MCG, and the, you know, and the Cats, uh, you know, the Cats playing, you know, in their home state in the grand final at the MCG. What are your What are your keys for each of the teams right now? Just Just you know, initially, and again, you know, the the Swans game ended about uh, sixteen hours ago, so it's 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 not something that happened, you know couple days ago it's just it's freshly occurred so what what are your keys for each of the teams right now and we talked about i think one of these off air with regards to one of the players from the cats but love to hear what you're thinking about the swans too yeah i think um geelong have to go in favorites don't they uh it's it's hard to see um uh a scenario in which geelong kind of well ha- has it their way during the game but sydney out-muscle them and uh, get over them that way. Uh, I think the way that Sydney will win is through um, like, oh, keep, keeping it uh, open and not letting Geelong close it down too much. Uh, I think mm-hmm. Sydney are quite well-suited to the MCG, the way they play. Um, and the, well, the last match Sydney lost, actually, funny enough, against Essendon at the MCG. Um but um, barring that kind of freak result in the period where we were good, um, yeah, I think Geelong will want to keep it tight and contested. Um, and uh, oh, I think it is very important for Geelong to have the guy who we mentioned off air, actually, Max Holmes, um, 
because he he's so important for their for their outside run, um, and it, it's by the sounds of it, Geelong pretty hopeful that Max Holmes is going to be taking part. Let's let's yeah, I, my fingers are crossed, you know. And again, I know you know they've got uh, you know they certainly have some some people you know in the reserves, you know, on the, on the sideline, ready to come in, you know, whether it be Brandon Parfit or Sam Menegola or, you know, possibly Quentin Narkle, but they're, you know, they're all three slightly different players than Holmes. You know, Holmes is just, is just a, is just an absolute speed merchant out there. Um, and covering, you know, lots and lots of ground with, you know, you know very young legs. So it, it's, yeah. I hope he's able to play, you know, and, and again, this gets back to the whole, the whole idea of, you know, is it better to have the, the bye week after the prelims rather than before? You know, so if you have somebody who's had a concussion or somebody who's tweaked something in the prelim and they win, that there's still a shot that they could come back and possibly play in the grand final. Yeah, I don't know. You, you, well, I actually, just on Max Holmes very quickly, he, he was a runner um, uh, before being a footy player, well, before being mm-hmm. a professional footy player, and his mum... Uh, her name's Lee Naylor, and she's a Commonwealth Games gold medal winning sprinter for Australia. So, yeah, speed runs in the family. Uh, no, no, <laughs> no. Did, I, be, I believe you had him on your podcast, did you not? Yes, um, we've got him in a kind of recurring series that we do pre-season and post-season every year, class of 2020. Okay. So we interviewed draftees from that year, and hopefully okay. we'll get him on uh, after the grand final. But... Um, what what were you saying? Uh, you were saying something. What? But <laughs> before I got into that Max Holmes tangent, what were you saying? Wait a minute. I, I I'm the old person that's supposed to be forgetting things, not you. Um, <laughs> no, talking about you oh. know that you had ha- that you had had him on the uh, the podcast. Um, oh, but, you something, know, you mentioned... something before that you were saying. Um, oh, that, you know, yeah. in terms of who could come in and replace him, whether it be you know like uh, Brandon Parfit or Sam Anagola. <laughs> it, was, it was something else, but. Look, yeah, we'll move know. on. <laughs> I think that one's lost. <laughs> yeah, well, we've it, lost no, one. it's recorded. We're just not rewinding it and going to find out what the <laughs> yeah. hell it was. Yeah, we'll we'll hear it. And I'll, everybody's going to be laughing at both of us because we can't remember this. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's early on a Sunday morning there, and it's ten o'clock at night here in Ohio. So, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> who do you think's the key, the key for the Swans? Then who's the, who's the most most important uh, person in the red and white? That's very hard to say because I think Sydney are very, very well-rounded team. They've got like just fantastic players consistently over almost every position. Um, mm-hmm. They it's really hard to find a, a weak link with them, and similarly, but uh, opposite to that, that it's very hard to find an absolute standout. Like but Buddy Franklin um, against Melbourne didn't didn't have his greatest game. Um, yet they still won. And um, oh, I don't think they had... Oh, I haven't looked at the stats or re-watched it. Um, but I don't think they had a massive, massive standout who um, really carried them through that Collingwood, Collingwood game. I think um, Tom Papley is a very important player. Uh, <laughs> he's... Now, the cause for much irritation for many non-Sydney fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he's a bit of a Hayden Ballantyne, maybe even worse than Hayden Ballantyne in terms of his uh, pestiness. But uh, oh, well, I, I think I think, he, I think Luke Parker could be up there too because Luke Parker tends to tends to razz people pretty well too. 
<laughs> yeah, Essen fans know all too well about that one, um, in particular. Yes. And Dylan Shield as well. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, to, I think Tom Papley is a player who is very well suited to the the biggest of big stages uh, on the last Saturday in September at the grand final. Um, he he loves lo- loves the big occasion. Loves really playing up to the crowd. Um, and uh, I think his his pressure game and his kind of well his pace uh, his pace on foot and his pace to kind of get a quick kick out are very important uh, skills to have for that kind of player in well big games and this is the biggest of them all right so Tom Patrick, right right very important but as is everyone for Sydney because they're that well rounded yeah yeah so. Who's going to win? <laughs> oh, Craig. Jesus, hard question after hard question. Um, it's, hard, it's hard to go past too long, isn't it? Because they really haven't shown many signs of weakness. I think it's 15 games in a row they've won now. Um, Something like and, that. I, I, yeah. Yeah, look, you can you can talk about how they aren't any good in, in grand finals. Yes, they haven't won a grand final since... 2011, which, I mean, really, it's not, not that long ago, but they've gotten to lots of grand finals since then. Well, how many have they gotten to? They've No, they've got to one grand final. But, yeah, 2020. Uh, yeah. yeah, 2020, but lost in a lot of prelims as well. Um, but uh, I don't see a reason why Geelong would underperform, and I think it would take Geelong underperformance to, to lose this game. I think... Okay. I do think it will be close. I think it will be quite similar to the Geelong-Sydney game. Uh, sorry, Ge- Geelong-Collingwood game uh, that we saw in week one of their finals. Well, I was going to say, I hope uh, it's, it's not like the Geelong-Sydney game because the Cats <laughs> got beat by five goals in that game. So, Yeah, well, that, <laughs> the, the famous Buddy Franklin, 1,000th yes, goal game. Yes. Um, yeah, I'd be very surprised if you see 40,000 people running onto the field and at the G uh, on Saturday. But, uh, look, you never know. Um yeah, uh, I think Geelong, they've ironed out some uh, little wrinkles in their in their game style since that Sydney game. Uh, Sydney did very well. Uh, that was in round two, I think, on a Friday night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it was. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, well, I mean, these two teams have been just... So it's, it's going to get said time and time again um, over the next six days, but these two teams have just been the consistent powerhouses of the competition for this this century, right? Like I, yeah. I was, well, I had a look at the. Sorry, continue. No, I was going to say, and I would say maybe for the for the last, you know, Richmond's run has started in the last five or six years, but you know that's and that's yeah. about in the time that I've been following the game, but. Yeah, Sydney's you know has had has been very solid. You know, you you could maybe throw Hawthorne in there as well. Um, well yeah, well, having, but with yeah. Richmond and Hawthorne, the thing is with them, they've they had their incredible time at the top, but then mm-hmm. Hawthorne since twenty fifteen haven't really done a whole lot. Yeah, you <laughs> you're doing your little action for yeah. us. Uh, yeah, But um, and R- Richmond similar. Um, and Richmond were really nowhere until they came out of the blue, won their three premierships, and. Um, yeah, didn't make finals last year. And got knocked out first week this year. But I ha- had a look at some stats, and um, well, I-, I was born in two thousand and three, and since two thousand and three, 
<laughs> since 2003, Sydney have missed the finals three times and Geelong have missed the finals three times. And mm-hmm. Geelong have missed the finals... Oh, sorry, Geelong have missed the finals four times. But they've only missed the finals once, Geelong, since 07, which is just absolutely incredible how two teams' um, way of... The, the way they run, well, the, cl- the way the clubs run, just to have sustained success in a period where the AFL does not want sustained success for any team. They want equalisation. They want the best teams to kind of have to bottom out after a while and then come back up to the top and it being a kind of um, ro- rotating, uh, yeah. a rotation at the top. But mm-hmm. the way Geelong and Sydney have just been there every single year pretty much. It's an absolute testament to whoever's been at the top of those clubs for the last 15 years or so. So who's, who's your Smokey for the Norm Smith? If you if you if you were if you're putting if you're betting a dollar on it and I'm not and I'm not saying you know to, to place any kind of a wager but let's say you were going to wager a dollar on the Norm Smith who's who's getting the Norm Smith for you again it's so hard to pick because the Norm Smith is really an award where players of all kinds can mm-hmm. win like the Brownlow Medal it's usually big well, inside midfielders keep, who win keep that, that in mind as well because I'm going to ask you that as, as well before we close <laughs> out here in a few minutes <laughs> oh gee Jesus Christ um, <laughs> it's, it's, hap- it's happening tonight it's happening in about you know, 12 hours so we, well we if this to... is coming out after the Brownlow I'm probably going to look like an idiot so you're really <laughs> hanging me out to dry here well, well I'll tell um, you what I, I, I said the other day I you know I, I, I made a prediction earlier in the year and when I did my pre- my preview episode I tipped Tuke Miller to win the Brownlow, and I'm sticking with it. Okay. So interesting call. Yeah. Well, there aren't many people taking votes off Tuke Miller, are there? But back on the, the Norm <laughs> Good Smith, point. Um, <laughs> back on the the Norm Smith question, I haven't forgotten that one. Uh, I remember that. Uh, I think Patrick Dangerfield had an incredible preliminary final, didn't he? Um, mm-hmm. And oh yeah, oh, I mean there are just so many players who can um, have incredible performances for both these teams. It's almost the entirety of the 22. Uh, you wouldn't be that surprised if they won the Norm Smith. Maybe that's um, exaggerating a bit there, but there's just so, so many, so many good players. And without knowing what kind of game it's going to be and without right, doing right. much analysis of it, it's so hard to know. Sorry to be really vague with my answers. That's okay. Here, That's okay. I, I don't want to say something I, I don't of, really mean. I was kind of putting you on the spot there anyway with that. So and I don't, you know, <laughs> that maybe wasn't fair to you know to, to basically say here, you know, pick pick between these forty six people, you know, who's gonna who's mm-hmm. gonna win this award? That what you know, and and again, you don't even know who the forty six people are actually going to be because there may be some people on the periphery that come mm-hmm. in that aren't there right now. Well, what a story it would be if Max Holmes won the Norm Smith. I, I don't think oh, he's the that... type of player to be best on ground, but if he was, oh, unbelievable. <laughs> what would be, you know, perhaps the only one, other one that would be a, a bigger story would be, if, let's say, somebody like Gary Sam Rowan, Reed. who's had a who has oh, had a Gary history Rowan, yeah. of, of not, you know, performing terribly well in finals. If you know, because he's had a, he's played a couple decent finals games this year. Mm. You know, maybe maybe he. Well, was he best just... on ground for you against Collingwood? I think he was up there, yeah. I think he mm. was. I would say he probably <laughs> yeah, had to well, be up there because it's... He could was, be you know, he, Yeah. Could be. Mm. So Tom, Tom Hawkins as well. He, he is just 
one of the most underrated players of like in in my memory. It's what he does on a consistent basis, like every game virtually mm-hmm. three goals, and it, it's it's unbelievable in an age where people are decrying the fact that you don't have these big strong power forwards like you had back in the seventies, eighties, nineties. Right. The, what he can do, the way he can just fling people off the ball, um, like not in a uh, way that in- concedes a free kick. Um, right, just right. His sheer brute force. He's he's just a he's a beast of a man, isn't he? He's, yeah. <laughs> the arms he has on him, it's unreal. <laughs> yeah. And well, did did you did you watch the uh, Swans and Pies earlier today? <laughs> I, I did, I did. Okay, um, I mean, when I I try to remember who it was that, that went up to Buddy and was was trying to wipe the, the oil. Yeah. yeah, was trying to yeah, Brendan Maynard was trying to wipe the oil off of his arms. But I'm thinking, mm. how, how's that going to work out from for him if he's got it all over his hands? Then I mean, that was yeah, it's great that you're trying to do that. But yeah, if you're going to yeah. do it, maybe Could be dropping you know, a few bucks. Maybe you know, maybe go all out and just you know pull your jumper off for a minute, and just rub your jumper down his arms to take, to take the oil off. If you if it's gonna happen, you might if you're gonna do it, you know, go big or go home, I guess. And it uh I don't know. So um bef- but uh, go ahead. just just quickly actually uh, we are gonna be discussing because the commentator mentioned that Braden Maynard might like to sell Buddy or you, Buddy you, Franklin's oil you, on eBay you, and we will be discussing up, that you, with the free dictionary. Up there for, oh, sorry, you froze sorry up there for that. just a second there. So I'll continue. Um, the, I think the the commentators said uh, when when Braden Maynard was doing that, they were they were saying Braden Maynard like might like to try to sell uh, Buddy Franklin's oil on eBay. So I can assure yeah. you, if you tune into the Footy Dictionary this week, we'll be debating and discussing how much Buddy Franklin's arm oil will sell for <laughs> on eBay per milliliter. Okay. Now is that is so, that in? Uh... Australian dollars, or yeah, it would have to be in Australian dollars. Yes. Mm, yeah, um, so, where can where can people find your podcast? Well, not Stitcher, apparently. Coming to a podcast host near you soon. Yes, it's gonna it'll it'll yes it'll be there soon. But yes. Well, okay, I can say it's definitely on Spotify. It's definitely on Pocket Casts, and it's definitely on Apple Podcasts. Uh, okay. Uh, but it's on Anchor as well, if anyone listens on Anchor. But if there are platforms that it's not on, please message me. Uh, I'm at Harper Pistinger, Harper Pistinger on all the uh, all the socials. My name will probably be on the episode uh, description here. Um, you can email me, harperpistinger at gmail.com, if there's a platform that you want it to be on that it's not on. Um, and, yeah, the episodes are all about an hour. They come out every Wednesday night, Thursday morning. Um our Australian time, and yeah, it'd be great if you could give it a listen. But Absolutely, did you want to talk yeah. about Brownlow, Craig? I haven't well, forgotten well, about let that me, one. Before, yeah, we'll get back to that. But uh, are you are you interested in uh, in listeners uh, sharing thoughts for terminology that should be part of the footy dictionary? Do you want them to oh. to send terms in that might be things that you could uh, possibly toss around? Then absolutely, Craig. Absolutely, um, we're we're on Twitter at uh, well the Footy Dictionary was taken or Footy Dictionary was taken unfortunately, so we're on Twitter at Footy Vocab or if you look up the Footy Dictionary will come up as well on Twitter, and okay. you can send us stuff there, and okay. uh, we've got a little thread where you can uh, put 
stuff in or you can just tag us in whatever or if there's a misuse by a commentator of a certain term if they say a game's must win when it's a final or yeah. uh, well whatever they say that sounds a bit jarring uh, send that through to us please or if you want us to define any uh, word you know, in the footy linguistics uh, in the lexicon of footy please send it through to us we'd love that yeah. makes yeah, our so lives somebody, easier it makes it a lot more fun somebody and I can't not remember who the two players were. Oh, and I'll, I think I'll mention it to you off off air. But it was something that, that it was an old clip from from BT that was just like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe he said that. That somebody they were they were interviewing somebody after a game, and one of that player's teammates came in and just was kind of like giving him a hard time, uh, and just kind of just like punching him in the arm or just messing with him during the interview. And when when they got done, BT said something to the effect that you know I I, I bet that yeah, I bet that you know such and such is going to try to slip him the big one right now. And the people on the on the, on the stage with him were like, "What the hell did you just say?" <laughs> yeah, yeah I was not, not expecting that at all. Yeah. So yeah. Before we before we wrap up, then your Brownlow pick for this evening. And by the way, have you picked out your? Are, you got your tux ready? You got your date ready to go to the Brownlow? <laughs> yeah, we've uh, they as host of the Footy Dictionary, they have given me a personal invite. Uh, Gillan McLaughlin, uh, <laughs> big time podcaster over here. Uh, but <laughs> of course, I, I joke. I joke. Uh, why, I don't why, think why not? You know happen. what? Um, <laughs> why not? You're you're promoting their game. I mean, I'm I'm hoping that someday when I make it there, that I you know I'm I'm able to connect the, with folks in the you know in the in the the league office before I come over there to get you know to have you know somebody. I'm hoping that happens someday um so i'm gonna shut up now <laughs> <laughs> are you all right i mean i'm sure gil mclaughlin would be uh or whoever the new ceo is would be honored to have you at their house uh for dinner craig wessels um but brownlow pick um for vegemite sandwiches uh might i add uh brownlow pick is a <laughs> what's he doing he's pointing to his vegemite okay um so, look, Lockie Neal, lots of people are saying Lockie Neal, people are saying mm-hmm. Paddy Cripps, people are saying Clayton Oliver, you're saying Took Miller, which is maybe slightly from left field, but he would be up there, uh, in the leading vote-getters, I'd say. I think, uh, I think I can discount Paddy Cripps, um, look, I say discount Paddy Cripps, he could well win it, but in my mind, I don't think he's as much of a chance as the other favourites, because, um... He missed a few games. He started like an absolute house on fire, but uh, then kind of tailed off as his team did, uh, unfortunately for them. Um, Clayton Oliver, I think. <laughs> Sorry. Clayton Oliver, I think, <laughs> will be right up there as well. I think it's between him and Lockie Neal. Um, that. Yeah, that's my kind of uninformed opinion without watching but, every single game. But does uh, does Oliver does Oliver lose votes to Petrarca though? That's that's the thing. Is that is he gonna is he gonna be that that fantastic player that never wins one because his teammate takes just enough votes for him to? Well, I'm struggling to remember. Like, I didn't watch every single Melbourne game this season. Did Petrarca have that many best on ground games as he perhaps did last season or in previous seasons? I don't know. I, I I would say that Oliver was probably 
better than him overall. Yes, I would say mm-hmm. I would certainly say that. But you know, if he's if he's pulled enough, you know, point here or mm-hmm. there might be enough to to preclude him from winning it. True, but um, like you could also say on the flip side of that, Tuke Miller's got no one taking votes off him, but his team didn't win that many games and. Typically, the players who get the votes are on the winning team. But Melbourne won a lot of games. They finished second on the ladder. Uh, I think That's they true. won That's true. 15, possibly 16 mm. games for the season. Um, yeah, I think something like that, because the, Cat, the Cats were two games clear of them. I know that. Mm, um, yeah. Um, yeah, 15 or 16 games. And that's a lot of wins. And there'll be a lot of votes going to Melbourne players. Uh, so even if Petrika does get a lot of votes... Well, no doubt Oliver will be getting a lot of votes, but is Petrarca going to take too many votes off him? That's the question on everyone's mind. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. So I, I think I think it's going to be one of those people that, that we've mentioned there, and it's probably going to be Lockie Neal or Clayton Oliver, but uh, I'm oh, just sticking you, with you my gun. That I, no, I, 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 because, you, you know, you brought up a great point about, you know, the, the not winning enough games, you know, only having won 10 out of the 22 games. I I still think it, it could – I. I I'm sticking with my tip, but I won't be shocked if it's, it's one of the other two because they won more games. I mean, I, Lockie Neal had a great year, and you know Clayton Oliver had a great year. Um, young but Mr. Also, Brayshaw, that being young said, Mr. Brayshaw, yeah, had a great year. He he did, and also to come to your defense of your tip, there's so many factors at play here. But Gary Ablett, I think it was in 2011 or 2012, won the Brownlow for Gold Coast, and uh, obviously. Gold Coast didn't make finals that year, uh, so yeah. Maybe I don't know. May, I, neither one of us have actually seen his 2011 contract. Maybe they maybe they wrote that into his contract to go to Gold Coast. Okay, we're gonna pay you a lot of money. You're gonna win the Brownlow there. Okay, you're gonna win the Brownlow for going there. Cool, I'm Jeez. going. Okay, I don't I don't know. A little bit we're of a conspiracy, into theory conspiracy there, territory here. There, there you go. Yes, I, let me let me find my tin foil to make a hat out of it there. So. Hey Harper, this has been a lot of fun, man. Um, I'm I'm glad that I got the ch- chance to talk to you again. I'm I'm thrilled. I, I love the idea of this new podcast that that you and Hamish are doing because one, as somebody who's been following the game for as little as amount of time as I have, and it's it's getting longer now. It's going on seven years now. Uh, there's still things that I see that I and or I hear. I'm still trying to figure out. You know what exactly is happening because you know some of the nuances i still haven't picked up on yet so um so i i, I think i'm going to truly appreciate you guys making fun of people's misuse of the different terminology yeah and we'll not only be taking the piss out of people although we will be doing that a little bit pulling them up for their their heinous crimes against footy language but we'll right. also be celebrating some good fun terms that are, are coined um, by uh, yeah, footy, footy fans, footy media people, footy That's commentators. Like someone called Stephen May a defensive traffic cop in an article the other day, and I quite like that. That's not bad. Yeah, well, that's. Uh, I I don't think I don't think he wants to be referred to as a uh, as a defensive maitre d because I don't think they want to have any reference to a restaurant. Uh, <laughs> after what happened earlier this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So. Well, I mean, yeah, defensive traffic cop it really straying into police brutality areas for Stephen May, is it? <laughs> Raising well, a bit of an issue. I didn't even I didn't even think about it from that vantage point. I just thought I just thought he was you know was 
determining who was coming in into the oh, into no, the yeah, fifth, yeah, yeah, yeah. 50 or not. I wasn't <laughs> no, I wasn't thinking absolutely. it from a malicious standpoint, but yeah, I guess that that kind of makes sense too. Well, no, yeah, I, I was I was taking the piss there, but may, maybe it does. Yeah. Maybe he's a bit of a exerts a bit of police brutality against his own teammates. Well, you know, and you've actually you've actually mentioned one just now, okay, yeah. that that I think you could use on a future episode. Because yeah. you know, I don't think anybody actually goes into their day with you know putting into their mind, you know what, I really would like to take the piss out of somebody. Here's my bucket. You know, nobody really wants to do that. I don't think, you know, you're, you're giving somebody a hard time, but I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody's there going, you know, I'd really like to have a sample of your urine. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think Asada and Wada wanted to take the piss out of the Essen players back when they were investigating them a few years ago. Um, We, we, we. We talked about that. Uh, I talked about that with uh, Kim Harrison, who's been on quite a few times. We've been tipping games that about that situation because there was a guy that played in the NFL here a number of years ago who um, was getting drug tested and actually bought online a a fake um, anatomy apparatus that he could then uh, load with somebody else's clean urine in order to yep. do this drug test. And he got caught. I mean, it was literally, it was like a fake penis. It wasn't yeah. like I just brought in a little bottle and I'm going to pour it in, that sort of thing. It was like this <laughs> thing is supposed to look like what is already there. And he got caught uh, having been using this thing and got in a lot of trouble for that. So I guess yeah. they took the, I guess they took the piss out of him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely, they do. <laughs> oh man! Well, hey Harper, I hope you have a fantastic Sunday, man. Uh, I hope I hope your club has a coach here in the next couple of days, so the uh, yeah. the, the trade period it's, can it's get exciting. started here once the finals are done. Um, I'm hopeful, Fessen. I'm very like I think uh, everything it, like just shit hit the fan, and uh, it like. Yeah, everything looked really, really messy at the time, and it was. But I think a big clean out needed to happen because the um, what we had, the, the powerful people that we had, and the um, kind of actions they were um, putting in place weren't good enough, and were enough to satisfy a team that's a fan base that's very hungry for mm-hmm. success. And I think this new president um, will be. Well, uh, I'm very excited for it because I, I think he's a very ambitious guy, and I think we needed a clean out. And that's what we've got. And if James okay. Hood comes <laughs> comes on, and we win the premiership, you won't be able to wipe the smile off my face for <laughs> the rest go. of my days. Ab- absolutely, you'll probably get a James Hood tattoo, won't you? <laughs> yep. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I will, now, and I'm not taking you know, a piece about that. Before before we go, and I and I probably should have asked you about this earlier. What's it like to have an AFLW squad to support? Oh. Good question. We're playing in a couple of hours. Um, I've <laughs> I'm still fifty fifty on whether I'm going yet, but it has been awesome. Uh, that week one game, which is the only one I've been able to get to so far against Hawthorne, that was so good. The atmosphere at that was so uh, it's just a breath of fresh air. Because um, one like this is kind of going off the playing side of things, but one of my biggest pet hate in AFL is the 
abuse the umpire's cop and the just mm-hmm. the uh, acceptability of that. The, the fact that um, that's it's just a social norm to lambast the umpires and always think the decision's going against you. And I've noticed it increasing and increasing uh, in recent years at games. Um, probably a product of social media, uh, if you ask me. But that that's just not there. At least not even close to the same extent okay. in um, nice. in AFLW. I love that, and I love Good. players who are just so passionate and so excited and so happy mm-hmm. to be wearing the red and black. And it's it's almost like, well, some of them quite literally have been supporting Essendon for their entire lives. Finally, right, right. they get the chance to represent them. Like take Maddie Prisparkas for example. Right. She was an Essendon fan until she had to play for Carlton, uh, and she's probably burned her Carlton jersey. Uh, just wants to <laughs> get rid of that from her memory. Uh, that dirty, dirty jumper. Um, yeah. And it's it's awesome, and the fact that the team is really good as well. Uh, at the moment, we're we're two and one, and we lost one. The game we lost was by a point, and hopefully today we'll be three and one. It's it's so fun. Hopefully we make yeah, finals. Gl- Hopefully we win a final. I'm glad you're enjoying it, and you know you have the you have the lone American playing on your side as well. Mm, yeah, and Danny Danny Marshall. Yeah, in fact I got, just got a got a note from her her dad. Uh, he's heading over to Melbourne this week uh, for a visit because she and you know she and her husband are living there, uh, but her dad is is heading over there for a visit. Uh, so I'm sure he'll be at the. Uh, the game the following weekend. I'm not sure who they play the following weekend, but if you're happy, if you happen to be there grand final weekend at the Essendon game, you might run you might run across if you see somebody wearing a number six Essendon jumper and he's got gray hair, that's dad. And by all means go <laughs> go up and introduce yourself to him. Uh, Essendon Collingwood, uh next well, Friday on the, uh, the day of the grand final parade. Um yeah at, at three ten. So Collingwood's got their the American on their men's list, and Essendon's got the American on their women's list. So that'll, well, that'll be a tec- good game. Well, technically, Collingwood's uh, American is now also an Australian. True, true. That's true. Yeah. Yes, dual citizen. He, he, he made the forget. decision. Yeah. Yep. Mm. So hey, Harper, man, this was a lot of fun. I love talking to you. You are you're passionate about the game. You're you're doing all the right things to help. I think set yourself up on a uh, you know path for success with regards to your you know your career in journalism. Um, you're you're laying the foundation for that, and I I can't wait to well, granted, okay, maybe I can wait a little bit because I'm going to be an old man as it gets going, but uh, I'm excited to see where your career is going in the next few years. Oh, th- thank you, Craig. I, that really means a lot to me. It, it always puts a smile on my face uh, talking to you and being on your podcast. It's yeah, I'm always happy to take time out to chat to you, whether it's on here or uh, over, over the internet, whatever it is. Love talking to you, yeah. man. So I, I really appreciate that, the opportunity to come on your show again. Thanks for the invite. You bet. You absolutely bet. Yep. And like I said, I've got uh, you and a couple of other people are going to be my, my nonpartisan uh, supporters to, to help to decipher who's going to win. And then, then I'll have two people from each club uh, to battle it out individually in terms of why their club is going to win and i'm just going to i'm just staying back here i'm i'm going to be uh, i'm going to be gerard waitley calling a cats game i'm just i'm not going to i'm not going to let you know that that's the club that i support or at least i'm going to try hey, not to anyway have you seen the clip of andy ma in the carlton collingwood game 
I have that. That he's he's the gentleman that's on the front bar, correct? Front bar, yeah. He's a, he's okay. a big Carlton fan, as you, as you know, and he was a uh, commentating the Carlton Collingwood game in round twenty three, um, and for the last two minutes, he did not say a word. His head was in his hands the whole time, and. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have not seen that. I'll have to find that then. So if you've got if you got that link, send it to me. I'd love to I'd love to see that because I don't I don't see the front bar often enough. But I, I did watch the one from that had just uh, the other day that had Stevie Johnson on it. Um, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, he well, was on there. I just you, I saw that one. If you do like uh, lapping up a bit of Schadenfreude, as the Germans say, uh, it is very much worth watching their episode of the front bar that came in the pre-finals by after uh, Carlton lost that game because the first 10, 15 minutes of that is just uh, Mick Malloy taking the piss out of oh, uh, his, I be- his two I bet titles. it is. Well, and it's it's very funny. Well, and, and, and fortunately for them, with the format of that show, they're, they're there for the, the, the express purpose of creating more piss. Yeah, you know, with the, with the, with the, it's a with piss the, factory there at the front bar. <laughs> They're getting all the piss, <laughs> literally and figuratively. Yes, yes, man. Well, hey, you know what? Uh, have a great Sunday, and I, I hope oh. you do go to the game. I hope you enjoy it. Um, you know, yeah. Let your dad have his emergency meeting in peace. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, and good go, luck. Good go, luck for Saturday, Craig. I hope you enjoy the the build up. Oh, it, yeah, it's a it's a twelve thirty and twelve thirty a.m. start time. So I'm pretty excited about that. So it'll be uh, <laughs> prime time in Sandusky, Ohio. <laughs> well, it, well, it is. I mean, it, you know, well, the the the, the Collingwood Sydney game was a, was two thirty two forty five in the morning. So I didn't watch that one until about four hours after it was done. So I had to stay off social media today, and I had people sending me all kinds of notes and such about it. And I was like, I don't want to know. I just stayed <laughs> off until I was able to watch it. So I was actually I had I actually had it on my uh, um, iPad watching the game while I was announcing a, a football game at my high school. So I'm announcing the game, oh, yeah. and I have the other one on. And the, this game is going on, and we're getting to the last two minutes of this game of the of the the Sydney game. And I was like. I'm thinking, holy shit, with us ever going on. I'm, make, I'm gonna make sure, make sure my microphone's not on because that's not what I'm saying in this stadium. I'm watching what's going on in this other stadium over here. <laughs> World's that colliding. Was cra- there. That was a crazy. Yeah, it was a crazy ending. Yep. Well, hey, crazy. Ha- have a great day, man. Always good talking to you. And I wish you all Thank the you, best, Matt. man. Cheers. Appreciate it. You bet. Cool. All right, and uh, Harper, thanks so very much, man, for coming on. That was a lot of fun. I truly appreciate it. And again, folks, if you head over to my website, yankonthefooty.com, you're going to find everything you need for the podcast. I do hope you'll leave a review. I hope you'll get on the mailing list as well so that when new episodes come out, they're in your inbox as soon as they're released. And ladies and gentlemen, look out for one another. We've got the grand final settled now. We know who's playing Yes, I'm very excited, and I'm going to be talking to uh, some other guests about the grand final over the next couple of days. I will be sitting down with a Swan supporter and a Cat supporter, both of them based here in the U.S., to talk about why their club is going to win next Saturday afternoon. I do hope you'll check those out. I'll have a couple of other nonpartisan guests as well to talk about uh, the grand final. And ladies and gentlemen, look out for each other. Take care of one another. Tell your friends you love them. Make sure they're okay. Remind them to make sure that you're okay as well. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, may your dribble kick never 
ever hit that post. I will catch you later. This has been episode 202 of A Yank on the Footy. Again, don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on Twitter or to Yank on the Footy podcast on Facebook or Yank on the Footy over on Instagram. And I'm on LinkedIn. Just look for my name, Craig Wessels. And if you need to reach me by email, and please feel free to do so, that's a yank on the footy at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. I do hope you'll share the episode. And until next time, which will be very soon because I'm going to have several episodes coming out this week, this is Craig Wessels. Goodbye. <laughs>